Logan, everybody, and welcome to Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corps. If your dream is to start a business or a nonprofit or to grow your existing enterprise, then Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is ready to help you make that happen. Our business marketing and technology consulting services get you started with financial projections and business planning, developing marketing plans and implementing them, uh, growing your market through branding, website development, and social media management, increasing productivity with process improvement and automation, and selecting and using the right technology with their business technology strategy consulting and implementation services. Basically, Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. does it all. I'm Mike Salmon, and joining me is the CEO, President, and uh, the Chief of Sterling Rose, uh, Jennifer Roos. And Jennifer, good mor- or good afternoon. Good afternoon. And today you want to talk about... I actually want to talk about starting the business and what it takes to get the financing for that business and what financing means as you go on with the production of your company. That may be the most important thing of all because everybody's got great ideas. (laughs) Yes, they do. But what stops maybe 99% of people from maybe moving forward is I don't have the money to do that and they don't know where to go. Correct. So what would you tell them? So there's actually... What I wanted to talk about first was it defining what money is out there for the different stages of business, right? The first thing, of course, everyone thinks of is going for an SBA loan. Well, people don't understand that an SBA loan does not mean that because you have a great idea you are, and you are a small business, you qualify. That is not the case. A small business loan or SBA loan is actually for companies that are either revenue generating, have a track record of at least one or two years in business already, and or have multiple years of experience, plus a lot of collateral. So a lot of people don't realize you have to be collateralized to get that loan. So it's it's a very different structure than what people really believe in. Okay, so... Other than going on Shark Tank with your great idea and getting uh, Mr. Wonderful to invest lots of money with you, (laughs) if you don't have a history Mm -hmm. and you're just starting out with an idea, people may be thinking, well, I have nothing to show to the bank. What what do I do? Well, there's a whole bunch of different options out there. And yes, the old adage, right? You have money, you have to spend money to make money. It does hold true in business. You have to have money up front. That's why it's always so funny that the, the, a lot of the uh, say entrepreneurs that actually make it are the ones that actually went and worked for businesses beforehand, gained collateral, have money in the bank, and then decided to take a different path with their lives. And those are the ones because they have, number one, they've built up their reputation, they've built up their skill sets. Because having a great idea, having a great product is wonderful. And I love what all these companies and people who come to me with these exciting ideas because passion is a huge part of success in being an entrepreneur. Because at the end of the day, if you're in it for just making money, you're never going to make it as an entrepreneur. Because I can tell you right now, the first couple of years, you're lucky if you get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to be putting every dollar you have back into this thing. This is going to be literally your baby, and it's going to suck you dry. <laughs> if you're covering your bills, that's a success story right there. Seriously. If you can get out of the red at all in your first couple of years, you're doing extremely well. And you hear stories about successful entrepreneurs who have, you know, they li- lived at home, live with their parents. Oh, yeah. Live with, you know, five other people. You do what you have to do. You sleep on your friends' couches. Oh, yeah. If you think that you can keep uh, your credit score over 700 or you can do, <laughs> you can make a million dollars in your first year, you have a better shot at winning the lottery 
than being a successful entrepreneur. As we open the show, I was explaining, uh, listing all the things that uh, Sterling Rose does. You help with financial projections and business mm -hmm. planning. Can you direct companies to help them with, with this part of starting a business? Oh, yeah. we. So there's the, the myth and the reality of entrepreneurship, right? The myth of entrepreneurship is I make my own hours. I can make all this money because I've got this great idea that if I build it, they will come. The, the field of dreams, you know, expression, right? Um, that, you know... I'll have all the backing right away because I know my projections for five years out look amazing. Then the reality sets in, right? You can have your best day and your worst day in the same day. Clients don't close as quickly as that you, you, you think they should. Money doesn't come in as quickly as you think they should. You land that huge deal with a, a government contract or you, you end up with something great with a larger organization or a not-for-profit and you find out you have to put all this money up front and you don't get your first paycheck for 90 days. So there's a lot of things that actually play into this that you have to pay attention to when starting the business. And one of those is that understanding that you need at least six months of operating capital up front. And there are other ways to get operating capital. So there's factoring out there, which what factoring stands for is it's accounts receivables. So you, got, you landed the contracts. So you can actually take the invoices for those contracts and use what's called a factoring company. And the factoring company buys your invoices and pays you 80% 80, 80 to 90% on the dollar. So you have the working capital. It's, it's not cheap money, but it's money that can be used right? And it, it's consistent. And you don't have to worry if the client defaults, you're not going after the client. They are. Mm -hmm. You have the money. So that's one opportunity. The second is a lot of people are like, well, I got to buy this. I've got to buy that. Their banks will actually fund the and purchase the equipment and do equipment financing for you. And that can actually help you in the long run because it's usually a much lower percentage rate to do that, and it keeps your operating capital in-house rather than spending all that money up front to purchase, and then you don't realize that it's just like a car, right? The minute you get off the lot, it's depreciated in value. The moment you turn on that key, it, the 30000 or 29000 or 15000 that you just paid or more is, what, 9000 <laughs> Yeah. At the second you left. The same thing happens with your equipment. At work, right? You might own it, but it's not worth as much after you've bought it. Right, right. So by actually taking the full value and having that financed out over a period of three, five, seven, ten years, you're lowering the overall cost of the equipment, but you're also allowing yourself to have that extra operating capital within the business. Because there are always things that are going to come up. And when you're putting up the business, right, you have, okay, take a, a current client that I have right now. And they are a fantastic client. But they are a, for lack of a better term, they're, they're a construction firm that provides a healthcare service. And in creating the business plan and the business modeling for them, their original model um, asked for them to raise for the first 11 locations that they're actually launching, it was a raise of about $8 million. And we successfully got the $8 million, but then we ran into a problem, right? Because they, they literally looked at it as just a construction project, 
but they didn't build in personnel. <laughs> they didn't build in uh, the back end office. They didn't build in any of the software costs, the permits, <laughs> any of the taxes. <laughs> mm -hmm. So now they have uh, this three and a half million dollar gap that can't be covered by anything because they didn't think ahead as to exactly how much they needed to run the business, not just how to get the place open. This is some of the consulting that Sterling Rose Consulting Corp uh, offers to your its clients. And, mm -hmm. and I, I noticed it was pretty interesting that you said we a couple times mm -hmm. because you do get close to them. You, you kind of hold their hand a lot of times. You've, you see this every day because you work with clients mm -hmm. left and right. You've done it yourself, yep. starting your own businesses as well. So it seems to me that someone that wants to go out and try doing all this and starting their own business by themselves, that might be the first mistake they make. Big time. It's not putting enough capital up front because as you can t move forward with your business, it's going to be, especially the first year or two, it's going to be harder to get capital. So you want to make sure you're set from the beginning and understand all of the costs that are involved in actually running that business. And you can't look at it as how much is it going to cost for me to build the product or how much is it going to cost for me to build the location? How much is it going to cost for me? And you do have to keep all of those in mind. You do. Um, but it, you also have to look at how much is it going to cost for me to run it? How much is it going to cost for me to insure it, to pay the taxes on it, to market it? to get people to come into the door because you might build it, but it doesn't mean they're going to come. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if they don't know you're there, they won't. Okay. So we're talking about financing mm -hmm. and, and having enough money up front and you have to go out and get the financing, whether it's through a bank, an SBA loan or other op opportunities, which I know you're going to discuss. Mm -hmm. But even if you have this great idea and, and you, you use any of those, go down any of those avenues to get your financing, you got to have a plan, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, and I know this is something that's close and dear to your heart. <laughs> Business plans is what Sterling Rose Consulting Corp does does maybe better than a lot of folks out there. And you do a lot of business plans mm -hmm. for folks because I can have a greatest idea in the world, but if I got sketched on a napkin, no bank, no organization in their in their right mind is going to give me money. Correct. So talk about the importance of a plan and why you need to have that business plan. So a lot of people say that having a business plan is an old way of doing business, right? It's you don't need that anymore. You should just be able to put down a couple points and tell me how you're going to make move this forward. The business plan is an exercise in understanding every part of your business. That's the importance of it. It's a living and breathing document. It's not supposed to be just here to hand off to an investor or a bank or uh, someone who's going to provide you some form of funding. What it's there for is to help you understand all of what may or may not happen to you in the business. So it looks at what marketing strategy are you putting forward? What's your underlying reason for doing this? Because each one of us as entrepreneurs has that underlying reason. And that's going to help you define how you pitch this business, how you, how you make your clients understand, vendors, clients, bankers, whoever it is, understand what it is you're providing. Because if you can't tell the story about your business, nothing will ever come of your business. Right. It also lays out the operational side of your business, right? How do you, or what's included in that? What softwares do you need on the back end? What kind of technologies do you need? What kind of marketing strategies do you have to put into place to make it work? And then it looks very heavily into what kind of money do I actually need to service all of those things? And you walk through with your clients 
all this information. You you help them put this together. Correct. We actually walk through on a number of different ways. What the consulting side of what we do is included in that, right? Because we we need to make sure that they understand how to run their business. We're here to help you write the plan, help you define your your thoughts, help you to distinguish what the financial side of it is going to be help to create that marketing structure that'll work to meet your target market, figure out who your target market really is and what their perception of your product or service is. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure you understand as the client or the business owner, how to use all of this information. That's why one of the things that we do, which is a lot different than a lot of other firms, right? Is we actually give the actual financial model in Excel, as well as the business plan. And then we teach you how to use that financial model moving forward to help you understand where you are financially at every turn of your business. And that includes everything from your income statements and revenue models and sales and personnel, but also from a cash flow perspective, from a valuation perspective, from an operating expense perspective. How long does it take to put together an average a business plan for your average client? Anywhere from three to six weeks. Okay. okay. So, so we, it's not a long, long process. It's not a long, long process for us because it's you have a team of people working on it. It's not just one person, right? Within my organization, we all have different specialties. And we can be... A, <laughs> the worst thing is having a jack of all trades and not a specialist in anything, right? I can tell you right now that... I can define and create the business models for you and help you even structure those financial models and explain them to a T. But I, it's not my specialty to create the model. I am not a CPA. Right. But I've got CPAs on staff to do that. Right. So you want to make sure that you have legitimate numbers, proper people working on it. So when I get a project in-house for whatever, whether product service, manufacturing, agriculture, whatever it is, um, hospitality to healthcare. I, I have the people on staff to turn around and actually provide the expertise in those specialties. Because there are different things you have to understand about different avenues. Well, you're talking about numbers and finances, though, for the person that's just starting up and, and, and they have the idea. You're talking about projections because Correct. obviously they have no numbers to go by yet. Correct. Okay. But we, ha- we can base those numbers and the projections off of reality. Because chances are, whether even if you have the newest idea out there, you're in a vein or a vertical that exists already. So we can find comparable thing, services or products out there that we can leverage that information from and see how they grew. Because people forget about things like seasonality. And what seasonality means is literally take a re- – I'll use the example of retail, Right. We're coming up into the biggest season of retail, which is the holiday season. They will, most retailers will make anywhere from 40 to 80% of their entire revenue in this last quarter of the year. But the summers, dead. Right. And so you have to understand the ebb and flow of when the money's going to come in and how much money you need to have set aside for when that happens. So that, um, oh my goodness, my sales are down 45% next quarter. What do I do? I got to shut my doors. Unless you have projected the real seasonality of it. Okay, so, so the business plan is helping you prepare 
to mm-hmm. be, go in business so you understand the seasonality of, of your product or your widget or whatever it may be, your service. Um, it also is something that's professional looking that you can take to yes. financial organizations or banks or whatever when you're looking for the financing up front. Correct. But it, also remember that, as I said, it's a living, breathing document. Once you are launched, it shouldn't just go on a shelf. You should revisit it every quarter and, re- and every year and set your strategy for the next year. Right. Well, my next question was going to be, what about for those businesses? Because there's a lot of businesses out there that don't have a business plan. Mm-hmm. And let's say you've been in business for several years and you're doing well and you're doing great. Is it worth their time to get with someone like Sterling Rose Consulting Corp and saying, listen, I never did a business plan. Maybe I need one? Yes, we get a lot of that too, actually, because at one point they get almost like uh, there's no place for them to go, right? They get to a point within their revenue or their sales cycle or their distribution, and they have either no idea how to take the next step for growth or something else happens where they're doing really well, and oh my goodness, I don't know how to keep up with the growth, And there, yes, you need to understand the plan of what actions do you need to take to meet the expectations of your customers. Also, there might be a a client shift. Technology changes. uh, People's, so restaurants, for instance, right? Restaurants are very trendy. uh, So people go based on trend. They go based on popularity of a place, about a name, a brand. What happens once your brand isn't as popular anymore. What do you have to implement to change that? So those are all different kind of scenarios that a business plan definitely can help. You understand what to do next. Also, we're moving into one of the biggest shifts, right? Or we're, it, we're starting into the, one of the biggest shifts in generations. And it's understanding who the next generation of potential clients are. So say you've been in business for 30 years, and now all of your clients are retiring. (laughs) But you're still in business. Right. And you have to go out and understand who within that next generation is your actual target market and how to market and operate within their realm. Well, in that vein, too, the businesses these days that don't embrace social media, Mm -hmm. listen, our kids and and, and their kids are going to be, I mean, social media is is, is where they're buying everything and how they're learning and and how word gets out. And I I know so many companies that that don't do anything on social media, and Mm -hmm. and it's like you're you're missing an entire generation. Well, Blockbuster is a great example, right? It was the biggest thing ever. Stores everywhere. Everybody went to get their their movies at Blockbuster. Blockbuster was aware of what was happening with Netflix, Amazon, and Redbox coming out, especially Redbox was first to the table. They refused to believe that the market would change enough, so they refused to change their business model to move with the time. And in doing that, they didn't project out in their business what would happen when that next generation of people and the next generation of technology, how that would impact their brick and mortar stores and look at what happened and now they're a footnote in history of what happens if you don't embrace change and understand what's going on and and try to be ahead of the curve correct um i'm I'm gonna we're talking with jennifer roos she's the president ceo of sterling rose consulting corp here on the program and i'm gonna put my cap back on as as a new business owner i've got this great idea okay i need a business plan Mm -hmm. Business plans aren't free. How much should I expect it to to pay for a business plan? As a brand new owner, 
Uh, for my firm, actually about $1,500 to $2,000. It's really not too bad. Uh, immigration visa plans are a little bit more only because there's different aspects to that. And that's a specialty that we have to deal with lawyers and, and a couple other things and Homeland Security. But um, about 1500 to $2,000. And we're, we're re- really reasonable, whereas a lot of firms, it depends on who you go to. It doesn't have to be us, right? But anywhere from 1500 to $10,000, depending on what firm you go to. Okay. Anything below that, then you're probably not getting... <laughs> you get what you pay for. <laughs> you get for. what you pay for. Uh, but somewhere around that. All uh, right. And we split our payments. So in our case, we split it into three payments, uh, one-third up front, one-third at the financial model, one-third at completion. And we actually pr- allow for two revisions before completion. I know for people just starting up a business, a lot of times they go to family, mm-hmm. ask for, you know, some. I need a few thousand dollars here or whatever for, for a business plan or whatever. Uh, friends, yep. um, uh, people like that. Some people look at investors and, 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 and give away equity early on. So That's probably a no-no, I'm guessing. It depends. Okay, yes and no. There are different kinds of investment out there that sometimes are good, sometimes are not so good. It depends on what you are willing to do and what your goal is at the end of the day. Now, venture capitalism, you're not ready for, not at the very beginning. But angel investment is very expensive. To lose equity early on means that you're devaluing your company overall because you're selling stock for less than what you're projected to become. So when you hit a critical mass, that's when you should look at outside investment like that. But even investors are turning around, even angel investors are turning around and say, well, have you gone to the banks? Have you gone to fam- friends and family first? What ha- what's your skin in the game? Skin in the game means a lot, even to banks. What have you put into your business monetarily to support that you are intend to do this for real? They want to see a commitment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's one of the things, like the one of the clients I'm working with right now, they have they are all in right they put their houses their practices their families homes their kids college funds all in they are all in they have leveraged themselves completely to this project success that's the person who you turn around and you go you know they're going to work for it because right. they have no intention of losing <laughs> they don't this. have a choice <laughs> but it was a choice it was a choice from the beginning for them to do that right you, you use the term angel investor. We, we hear that all the time. Explain, what is an angel investor? What does that mean exactly? So those are a group of investors, industry, usually backed up industry investors, who uh, like to go after what's called seed or early investment. Those are companies that are either in formation, uh, just starting out, or within the first year of revenue, right? And don't have a big track record. These guys are more expensive money. They usually put in anywhere from a couple hundred thousand all the way up to, I usually cap out at about five million. Uh, Can go a little higher than that, but they're somewhere in that range. And those people, it's called seed investment or angel investment. And so it's early stage investment, but it's usually the percentage of return is 15% or higher. So it's very expensive, but it's a big payout for them when it works out. But it's also very, if you are going that direction and you're at the stage where you can actually go that direction, get a very good attorney. Because angel investors are savvy investors. They will take you for everything you have 
So be very careful because they sometimes have first right of refusal on the next route of investment. And they tend to be to get themselves involved in your organization. So make sure they're the right fit for you. And if you're going to go that route, you don't want one that's a silent investor. If they're going in as an angel investor, you want them as an active participant in either your board or some form to help promote and grow your business, whatever it is. So be very careful. Don't just look at it as, I need the money so bad that I'm going to take whoever comes my way. Right. Don't do that. All right. So you got a warning about treading lightly when it comes to angel investors. What about those things Mm -hmm. you hear on the radio or TV or Internet? We can give you money for startups, all this money, you know, just, uh, you know, fill out an application online. They're sending you money. A lot of warnings there, I'm sure. Uh, yes and no. Actually, it, interesting, since the change in technology and the change in funding as, as a whole, there's crowdsourcing. Uh, so there's Kickstarters, Indiegogos out there. Those are actually good places to get money as well. Um, but there's also online funding sources as well, like, like uh, lending clubs and Cabbage. And um, there's uh, – be careful and understand what, what's involved in each one of those. Because there's a, a di- couple different things. There's a SoFi, things like that. Um, there is the daily ones, like a Rapid Advance or Frog. And those guys, the interest rates on it are extremely high, and it's right, daily right. payments. Fill out the application. Within a couple hours, you could be approved for $200,000. Correct. And you can, and they will put it in yeah. there. And your interest rate will be 35%. Correct. Your interest rate would be like anywhere from 15 to 50%, and you have to pay back every single day. With interest. And it starts the day after you got funded. Right. So there's no gap in there. There's Also be careful with terms like prepayment penalties. Make sure that when you negotiate a terms of a loan, that you negotiate it properly. That you're looking at, is there a balloon payment in it? Because that's another thing. People don't read the fine print. Right. I, you don't want balloon payments. You want to also really negotiate what the closing and and money's not free, so you have to have money to even close the loan. <laughs> How much is that actually going to cost you from a legal standpoint? Because there's legal fees to close the loan, as well as the closing fees in general, and understand what that costs too. Yeah. Because even with an SBA, they only pay eighty percent, which means you have to come up with the other twenty percent. <laughs> Well, another reason that if you you know you, you may have invented this widget and you you know everything about a widget, but you got to know all these other things about mm-hmm. business to start the business. And uh, another reason that you should reach out to Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Um, as we get ready to wrap up the show, uh, the things we've learned today: a, the most how important it is to have a business plan, mm-hmm. and, and b that there are financing financing options out there for you as you start not thinking i don't have any money where do i go there are some options out there oh yeah there's a lot of options out there there's online options there's startup options there's expansion options there's equipment options there's land and land is a little bit harder but if you have a building on it so there's construction loans there is mortgage money there's equity that you can do outside of other places there's factoring angel investment uh, mezzanine bridge funding, as well as the, that venture capital funding that is out there. And there are a lot of great places out there to look for funding. So there are places online like Cabbage, SoFi, 
lending clubs. There are also other locations and on the SBA side, some great SBA lenders out there. And do not get discouraged if one doesn't want to work with you. It could very simply be on the commercial lending side that your type of business is just not what they specialize at that bank with. Right. So you can go to multiple banks. It's okay to do that. Have the discussion before they run your credit. What do they like to lend to? Right. You, and that's something else we can help you with. And then, of course, there's the angel side when you get to that point on the VC level. That's a lot more, that's a lot trickier. There's a lot more involved. But make sure you're ready for that because a startup is not ready for that. <laughs> Another reason to seek out Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Um, we just talked about just the, the, the beginnings, just finding mm-hmm. money to start your business. But obviously, your company does so much more. You do you develop marketing plans, uh, branding, websites, social media. Uh, you, you work with your clients how to increase productivity and, and, and improve the process. And it goes on and on and on. So this is just the, the, the beginning. So for those that would like to find out more about Sterling Rose Consulting Corp and, and all the services you provide, where can they get that information? You can go to our website, which is uh, sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. And actually, next Wednesday, we're launching our new website, so you'll be able to see that as well. Okay. Uh, You can also call our main number, which is 678-996-1312. Or if you really want to just reach me directly, I'm happy to call you know, call if I don't pick up right away, I will call you back. And my actual cell phone is 470-202-8659. And I'm happy to talk to anybody. And just talking to me, I don't charge you to just talk to me. So just call me, see if we're a good fit. Uh, see if it's something that information that I can give you right off the bat. If it's something that works for you, or you need some additional, I can help you with that. Well, everybody, our listeners just got uh, 30 minutes of uh, free consultation and advice uh, from Jennifer Roos, the CEO and uh, president of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Well, you kind of did my job for me here at the end. You gave the uh, the phone number. Again, the uh, the website is sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com for more information if you want to reach out to Jennifer or any of her uh, partners and experts there about starting your business. Uh, until next time. I'm Mike Salmon. A reminder, this is Strategic Insights Radio. You can listen live every Friday uh, here on Business Radio X, and we'll see you next time.